Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Hey, family, and thank you for tuning back into another episode with lots of wisdom and gems here on Gems Podcast. With me in the hot seat is Michael Harris. And here's a bit about Michael, y'all. You're in for a treat. So Michael is a best-selling author, coach, teacher, trainer, entrepreneur, and co-founder of Endless Stages. His first entrepreneurial gig was selling blackberry pies door to door (laughs) at six years old. Over the years, he's dabbled more like dived into photography, real estate, option trading, coaching, and yoga. He's grateful that he's been able to take his personal challenges and help others find what inspires them. One of his specialties is helping speakers move from the fear of speaking in front of others to powerfully sharing their message in front of any size group or audience. Michael has hosted his own successful podcast, Falling Up Secrets, which featured guests such as, wait for it, (laughs) y'all, world-renowned Les Brown, the legendary composer and producer Thomas Baylor, sought-after pain specialist Dr. David Clark, and many others. For years, he struggled with health issues and low self-esteem. Then one day, he had enough and became willing to make a change. It wasn't easy. Michael had to stop dreaming about what he wanted and begin to take massive action by applying the law of Goya, G-O-Y-A. Many of his friends and colleagues urged him to use his metamorphosis to inspire others. At one point, Jack Canfield, chicken soup for the soul, reminded him that your mess is your message. Jack went on to join the book launch of Michael's number one best-selling book, Falling Down, Getting Up. So without further ado, the man behind it all, Michael Harris. Wow, Genesis, that was quite an introduction. Wow, thank you very much. It's really exciting to, to be here today. And I really like your show. And like I mentioned to you earlier, I've listened to some of your other shows. It wasn't just the one, but I've listened to some others. And I really appreciate what you're doing in really helping people get their story and message out to the world. Thank you so much, Michael. And I appreciate your support. Before you even came on the platform, it lets me know that you did your due diligence and you wanted to make sure you were a good fit. Absolutely. So before we dive into our segment, I definitely want to connect with you on a personal level. So we are going to break the ice with Michael Harris. So here's our question. I want you to share something crazy that you've done in your life or a fun and interesting fact about yourself. Well, I've I've done a number of crazy things, but the first thing that popped into my mind It was the mid-90s. I don't remember exactly what year, maybe 95, 96. And I know a lot of people think it's no big deal, but I jumped out of an airplane, and I thought it was a pretty big deal. 
you know, and perhaps what the bigger deal was is I did it again on the same day. I went back up, but I remember on the second time up, especially I'm sitting there thinking, oh God, you saved me the first time. Now I have to do this again. I'm up here. What am I going to do? I might pee my pants or something like that. <laughs> you know, as, as I'm coming out the door, you know, and I'm, I'm holding the, the railing kind of on, on the plane and we did the, the, the rip line. So the chute opened up automatically. I didn't do tandem with anybody. And, um, but once I got out the second time, it was near Mount Hood in, in Oregon. So I could see the mountain and some birds flying by. And it was just like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Absolutely incredible. Wow, that is amazing. I'm over here oohing and on. I don't know if I have worked up the courage to jump out of a plane yet, but I have done indoor skydiving with iFly, <laughs> <laughs> which is not the same. So thank you for sharing that, Michael. And we're going to spend some time talking about quantum leaps, take it one at a time, but then also weaving in everyone's story, experiences, and voice is important because sometimes people don't realize how important their story is or the impact that it makes on other people because maybe they have those limiting beliefs. They have that fear. They don't want to be judged. And the list goes on and on and on. But we need to empower people to really realize that it is okay to identify and connect and share your story because your story is personal to you and it's what makes you unique. So Michael, let's start with you sharing a glimpse of your story and then how you help others do the same. Well, as you know, and as you mentioned in the intro, I had a pretty rough start. And I was a pretty wild kid. I, I was, first, I, I, I was a hotshot golfer. At 12 years old, I won the junior championship at Portland Golf Club. And shortly after that, I was out water skiing on a lake, and I was a hotshot water skier, too. And as we were going around the, the lake, I was increasing my speed because I was going to do a beach landing because I like doing beach landings as a kid. And this is 1971. It was a long time ago. And I ended up, you know, pretty much smacking the beach. And, you know, at first, you know, the wind was knocked out of me. I didn't have anything poking into my body as such, but I was in tremendous pain. Well, we went to the local hospital near, near that lake and they said nothing was wrong with me, that I was okay. And I started throwing up blood that night and my mom took me the next day. She brought me to back to Portland where I grew up and I ended up going into the hospital. I didn't really know what happened to me for a couple of weeks because I went into a coma, came out of a coma after 10 days and um, found out that they had taken out 60% of my liver, my gallbladder six cracked ribs, collapsed lung. Again, I was in the coma and I had tubes in every place in my body and a few places more, right? And so this was at 12 years old. 
Oh my gosh. But then when you went to the hospital, they said nothing was wrong. So they overlooked that. So had you not had the reaction of throwing up blood and et cetera, later on that evening, that wouldn't have prompted your mother to take you to the hospital. So did y'all ever go back to that one place where you first went and and tell them, hey, you said nothing was wrong, but look what happened to me. Because that could almost be like medical negligence. Like they did not properly assess what was going on with you. Well, it was 1971 and I was 12 years old. And as I remember, my parents did something like that, but it wasn't me that went back there. It, you know, I, I think they maybe had a couple of letters exchange exchanges or something but nothing ever became of it wow and thank you for sharing that because that had to be scary when you were 12 years old so like after you um went through that experience and you got over it did you go back and do some of those crazy activities oh yeah i mean i'll still water ski any day of the week absolutely and especially wake surfing i really like wake surfing you know, and for those that don't know it, that's where you're surfing on the wake behind the boat. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I, I love it. Yeah. So God's got me here for a reason. You know, if that was 51 years ago and for some reason I'm still here, so I'm going to enjoy it while I'm here. So now that we connected with that from your childhood what was like your adolescence going into adulthood like what type of um character building I like to call them character building incidents happen to you because people fail to realize that the challenges they don't just happen to us but they happen for us for us to grow whether it's personally or professionally or mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And then if we could apply the lessons that we learn and build upon it, it actually makes us a better person. So we're able to have compassion, empathy, and relate to other people. That's a mouthful. And it took me a number of years to understand that. Because when I, when I went into the coma and then I came back out of the coma, I didn't want to come back. I wanted to stay where I was. And they told me I wasn't through yet. I needed to go back. Well, after the accident, I really suffered. My self-esteem really suffered. And I really struggled, you know, going into, you know, young teenager, 13, 14, 15 years old. I really struggled a lot with my identity, who I was, what had happened to me whether people would still like me, what about all these scars on my body? So I really suffered. And I found that the kids that were a little bit more wild, smoking pot or drinking, didn't care. So by doing those things with them, even though I'd had 60% of my liver removed, it made me feel better. It made me feel bigger than I was, right? So I did that for a number of years and I'm, I'm making a longer story shorter. At 27 years old, I could barely walk. And they were gonna cut off my right leg and my left foot initially. My right leg was 100% blocked. My left leg was 65% blocked and I was walking on a cane. Wow. This was, uh, so I had bypass surgery on both my legs. 
a few months later, they wanted to do more surgery because my legs had blocked back up again. And I told them no. And this will lead to the quantum leap and the Goya stuff too. And I told them no, and I left the hospital. And this is OHSU in Portland, Oregon Health Sciences University, professor and assistant professor of vascular surgery, telling me that I would likely die within six months by not having these additional surgeries. And I cannot tell you why, this is 1987, why I didn't do that other than there was something inside of me that said, don't do it. That was your intuition and your gut instinct. Or some people who are religious may say the Holy Spirit was um, leading you through that um, season that you were in. But what what's fascinating was that your legs were blocked. But I wonder what caused your legs to have that blockage. Was it um, from the surgeries that you had early on in your childhood that played a factor into that? Well, certainly that was addressed and, and looked at. My dad had actually died a year earlier uh, from a heart attack. Now, he had really high cholesterol. I didn't. I mean, like at the time of surgery, my cholesterol was like 140. But I still had plaque buildup in my arteries, like, you know, somebody in their 70s or 80s that develops hardening of the arteries or atherosclerosis. I got that in my 20s. Wow. Right. So... So it was like genetics then. Yeah, but they said because it wasn't in my heart, because I didn't have blockages here, it was only in my legs. Mm, interesting. And then as you were going through that period of your life, what other emotions entered into you? Because you stood your ground, you were not having the surgery. I'm sure the doctors thought you were crazy, but you had to listen to that still small voice inside of you. Yeah. And then do you still have your legs today? I do still have my legs today. Wow. And I walk every day and I try to do, I try to do a butte a day as I, or a butte a week. So we have lots of like little volcanic buttes around here where I live. So virtually every week right now, I'm climbing up to the top of, of butte um, just to prove that I can do it, that I can climb any mountain anywhere right? It's a huge deal for me, you know, and sometimes I'll do it with friends and sometimes I'll go solo. I don't, you know, it's just as long as I get to the top of the mountain, I'm okay. <laughs> so what I hear is that grit, that resilience, the pers um, persistent and perseverance, because had you not gone through, you know, the accident when you were 12 and then going through grief of losing your father than going through, you know, the point where they wanted to amputate your leg and your foot, and then you defying the odds. I don't think that you would be the Michael Harris you are today, because you turn those, those mole hills into mountains, you turn those tests into your testimony. So someone listening may say, well, Michael, how did you make it through it all? Like, how did you keep a positive mindset? Because when you're 20s, you're young, you're frivolous, you just want to be out there living, living your life like it's golden. But here you are going through challenges that other people in your age group are not facing. Well, I can tell you at about the time of my surgeries, too, um, I ended up getting sober. And the 
to say I had made that decision to do that was after another hospital visit as a result of that. And in the morning, the next morning, a friend of mine came to me and said, are you ready yet? And I said, yes. And I had, I have no other way to really describe it. I call it a swooshing feeling. And I had had resentments for years towards God. I always believed in God, but I was, didn't believe that he was helping me because of everything that had happened. I didn't believe that he was watching out for the world because of everything going on in the world. And so I carried this deep resentment. But the, the day that I had that swooshing feeling, it was like there was no place else to go. The only place I had left to go was to turn my life over. And from that moment and that feeling, that swooshing feeling of turning my life over, everything changed. I mean, it was a quantum leap, so to speak. Everything changed in my life. I mean, and I knew it, that I wasn't going to have the same problems. I knew that the, the drinking was done. It was just done. I knew it. And over the years, I, I came across a prayer that I really like. And I won't say the whole prayer, but I'll say one sentence in the prayer. And the one sentence says, take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. So I believe that those difficulties that I've had in my life and those struggles that I've had were almost intentional. Because without those problems and struggles, today, I would not be able to be of service. But having gone through those experiences, I can now say I've been through these type of experiences, and you can do that too. You can turn your life around. You can have what you want in your life. You can be a good person. You can have family. You can have all of these things. But again, the only way I had to go through hell, so to speak, you know, to get to the other side. Wow. And that's, that's beautifully um, said, Michael, because as you were talking, one um, image that popped into my mind was when they lowered the three boys down in the fiery furnace mm -hmm. and they did not get consumed by the fire. And when they looked down in there, they said, oh, we put three boys in there. But then now we see four. And the fourth one was Jesus, the Holy Spirit. And that was their hedge of protection, their savior and et cetera. So sometimes it's like we're going through these hell of a hell of experience or these hell storms. But one thing that stood out to as you were telling your story was your friend asked, are you ready? So someone listening could be like, oh, are you ready to go home? Are you ready to give your life over to God? Or are you ready to make a change? So whenever you heard, are you ready? What did your mind allude it to? Well, it, it's interesting because in some ways it wasn't a question. It was almost a command. Wow. Okay. If that makes sense. So you felt like your friend was commanding you that you needed to make a change. Yeah. Okay. Or and something coming through him. Okay. Like intercessory, like someone speaking in and through him to get the message to you. Would you say that yes. was like your experience? Yes. 
And then you mentioned the quantum leap. So you changed from the inside out. So you became a new man, a new man, and you wanted to clean your life, clean your life up and get a new start. And do you feel like whenever you made that change internally, everything around you changed externally, but do you think that it was connecting back to the source, which is you believe in God? Oh, yes, absolutely. And even going back to when I had my near-death experience, instead of feeling resentful that I was sent back, so to speak, I felt gratitude that I was and began to understood what, when spirit told me that, you know, I wasn't ready yet, that I needed to go back, instead of feeling like that was like a punishment, I felt that that was almost like an, a reward, so to speak, but that I needed to do something now. I needed to get my story out. And one of the things I heard you say earlier was about stories. And I don't know if this is where you want to go into that now, because I think it's really important. Yes, I, I definitely do, because I feel like your story and us going into it, but just paving the way to transition is definitely going to help. But one thing before you go into that story was as you're going into the story, think about those quantum leaps, because I feel like the quantum leap had a lot to do with this experience that you're about to share right now. And let me know if I'm correct or incorrect. That, that's correct. And let, let me define a quantum leap as science does. Science does not call it a quantum leap. They call it a quantum jump. And it's really a change of, like a cell, a change of state from one state to another state instantly, right? And that happens in science all the time. Let me ask you, Genesis, have you ever blushed? Yes, but since I'm very um, dark pigmented, you right. probably can't. <laughs> right, but that, that's a change of state that happens instantly. You know, have we ever, I'm sure you have too, especially where, where you live and I know where I live, instantly, and I don't mean gradually, I mean instantly, the weather can change in a moment. Oh, yes. You could be dressed for the summer and then whenever you get out, you're like, oh my gosh, it's so cold. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then there's what's called the Great Northern Owl in Africa. You know, it's an owl and it's called the Transformer Owl. And it can sit there on the branch and instantly it can shrink itself down really small and make itself look like a branch. Or it can make itself puff itself up, make it really big. Again, it's literally called the transformer owl. So I could go on and on of these examples in nature that show us where quantum leaps happen, even in our own lives. So that moment that I talked about you know, where I felt like I, everything had changed, that was a quantum leap moment for me. Now, it doesn't always need to be that dramatic. Again, it can be as simple as a blushing, you know, and you can see my blushing perhaps a little bit more if I blush more, right? But those type of things happen all the time. Or, you know, sometimes, um, you know, we might get angry in an instant. Some, something might trigger us and we get angry, Right. Or something might trigger us and we just feel love. It can go either way. So those things are happening to us all the time. The recognition of those things isn't always so obvious, right? 
Right. That's so true because sometimes we turn it, we turn it off and we don't always want to pay attention to those clues that are being given to us because sometimes it may be scary, but if we really focus on the intentionality behind it, it could save us a lot of heartache and pain. Oh, absolutely. And this leads to the story aspect. And this is something that I heard a minister talk about a number of years ago. He said, when you look at the, the Bible, there's like John and Paul, and there's these different stories in, in the Bible um, about what their experience was, what their observation was. And he says, those things are really good, and they're really good to understand. And the best way to understand those things is to reveal yourself is to open up to what's true for you inside. And we do that by as simple as writing a journal every day, perhaps writing a book, perhaps getting on a podcast, perhaps getting on a stage. You know, there's all sorts of different levels of it, perhaps in a therapy group, perhaps with your friend at dinner, but revealing who we are helps us recognize our connection to the universe. And I think right now with so much happening in the world and you know all the destruction that's going on in, in different places and, and all the political struggles and just everything that's going on, I don't know about you or I don't know about the listeners, but virtually everybody I know is going through something. They're going through some kind of shift or change. And it seems to be pretty prevalent, it seems to be speeding up. And coming back to, you know, take away my difficulties, you know, that idea, you know, when, when I talk about some of my difficulties, somebody might get an aha moment and have a shift within. But then somebody might not. And then you talk about what whatever your challenges may have been you know, maybe a new mother, something like that, and you'll trigger something in them. So the more people that are, that are out there talking about and being open about their lives and about who they are, it's going to help more people. Yeah, right? the, tr the transparency is what really connects people with other people because it lets them know that they're human and they're going through these struggles similar to them it may be you know a parallel story it may be the exact struggle but they may be in a different part of the world or the fact that they connect with them on the mere basis that they're a human being and they feel what this individual is going through and it hurts that's why some people who are impacts they have to be mindful of what they allow in their circle because sometimes they could begin to take on other people's problems. Yeah. Yes. That's something too. And I've been there too as well. And I had a shift with that too. And it's just like, you know, that I didn't have to hold on to somebody else's whatever it was that they can, it can go through me. You know, I may empathize with that or sympathize with that whatever that might be, but instead of holding it on and getting a pain in my neck because they have a pain in their neck, I can let it go through or, or not bring it in to begin with. 
Absolutely. So I feel like whenever you open yourself up to those inward experiences, then you begin to show up fully externally. But then you have to really be mindful of what is taking place inside of you, what's taking place around you, and how you are really being present in the moment. And don't always be so quick to shut off certain things. Because sometimes we shut off our emotions because we don't want to deal with it. But whenever you don't deal with certain things, you don't heal from it and you don't grow from it because you're suppressing it. And over time after you're, you suppress it for so long, a trigger may come up. And whenever that trigger happens, you pop like, like a balloon and that's not a healthy way to live. That's right. You get that neck pain, you get that back pain. It's like your, your other guests talking about the ACE study, the adverse childhood experience. And we bring that those troubles into us and it manifests itself in all sorts of different ways that we don't realize necessarily on the surface. Yes, absolutely. And as we um, transition, Michael, I want you to leave the audience with some tools that you use to help you tell your story. Because I know it wasn't always easy, but like Let's empower them so they could start start sharing their story because we all have something amazing to share. And that's why the show is called Gems, because we all have gems to share. Yeah. One of the things, and this is kind of about writing a book, but it could also be about writing a journal. When I wrote my book, I made a commitment that I was going to write it in 90 days. I wrote it in 79 days. And the process that I used is I got out of my house, I went down the local coffee shop, and I was the guy in the corner with the cup of tea and a cookie and I would sit there and write for two hours two hours every single day I've made that commitment to myself to do that and it was done in 79 days the manuscript was it still needed editing and such but even just journaling every day for 20 minutes I like to get into micro gratitude what I call micro gratitude the person that uh drove your your shirt or your dress to the manufacturer the the person that brought the fiber to the manufacturer and you know the person that drove the truck from the manufacturer to the clothing store and then the person that sold you that i mean there's all sorts of my what i call micro gratitude it's not just being grateful for our husband or our wife or our kids or our couch it's what are those connections that we have So writing some of that stuff out is really fun. Bowl of cereal. I don't know how many people it takes to make a bowl of cereal. Let's call it a thousand, right? Somebody had to make the bowl. Somebody had to make the spoon. Somebody had to make the milk. Somebody had to grow the grain. Somebody had to deposit the money in the bank for the cereal company. I mean, it goes on and on and on. We never do this thing alone. We are so connected to each other, right? So I I think that acknowledgement is really important. Part of the work that I do today is I co-founded a company called Endless Stages. And really our mission is to get as many people's voices out as possible, whether it's on a personal level, whether it's on a business level, whether it's stage, whether it's podcasting, we connected through something called PodMatch. On any given day, there's a top 10 leaderboard on there. And on any given day, four to five or six of our members of Endless Stages are in that top 10, right? 
Yeah. So we work actually closely with Podmatch and Alex over at Podmatch and on building that. And we're, we're working with him to actually expand that list to like 20 and then to 100 because we want to take it over. Right? We want to take over that list and get as many people's voices out as possible. And there's all sorts of stories that, that our members have, whether, again, whether it's a marketing story or whether it's a personal story. One of our mem members is from Romania and has all sorts of wonderful stories about growing up and the challenges that she faced. And, you know, it's just really great to be able to hear these voices. I mean, I love listening to podcasts. I'm on podcasts all the time, right? But I love listening to other people's podcasts too. It's great. Now, when I go climb a butte, I don't do that. I, I get rid of technology. But at, at other times, stories are great. And podcasting is really, the it's radio upgraded. You know, it's the old radio, but now we're just doing it differently. Just like we have the old dial phones. Nobody has that. We have our, our iPhones now, right? It's just a, a different format. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So many gems were just shared right there, Michael. And I think it's so empowering that you and Alex Sanfilippo, the creator of Pod, Podmatch, are partnering because I would love to see that list like get bigger because there's <laughs> so many people on the platform. And then I also like the fact that whenever you're climbing a butte, like you are really conscious and you connect with yourself and nature and you're... Um, really being intentional about you know the scenery the smells your breath work and all the other things that go into it and then with what you're doing with your company and um, to help other people share their stories is just amazing because there are so many stories that need to need to be shared um, and you're doing it via endless stages so now let's jump into the call to action part of the segment. Okay. What is your call to action for the audience once they hear you speak on this podcast? If you want to challenge them, because I'm all up for challenges, as you know, <laughs> um, make sure you plug your website and then also give us where you primarily hang out on social media. Okay. Endlessstages.com. So we have anybody can join for free. There's absolutely no cost. And once you join Endless Stages, you'll, you'll be part of a group of other like-minded people. And we have a full membership website that is no charge where somebody can go in and discover about everything from just simple writing to writing your signature story to getting past nervousness to protecting your voice, all sorts of tools in there that somebody can utilize whether they are a current speaker or writer or anything else, or whether they're brand new. It's really great for, for brand new people as well. I find that experienced people do the same thing that brand new people do. They just do it more often, right? You know, the pro football player practices the same way the high school player does, but he's just been practicing longer and has developed his skills more. So we, we have simple tools within the, the membership site, and you can download a couple of, of free books as, as well. We do a lot with podcasters. We have a podcast mastery challenge. Uh, so somebody can get on a podcast normally within 30 to 45 days, they will be in that top 10 list of Alex's 
you know, and that that's been our experience with our members. So there's all sorts of different opportunities and different ways to um, get your voice out. Again, it's simple, endlessstages.com. Amazing. And then are you on any social media platforms, Michael? Well, I don't have Instagram. I've never had Instagram, but I found out somebody was imitating me on Instagram a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> so I had to get that taken care of, but I'm mostly on Facebook and I have a, a Facebook page called Falling Up Secrets. So you just go to Facebook and you can just type in Falling Up Secrets and we'll take you there. And right now it's it's mostly different podcasts and and such that I'm, I'm putting up there as well. Oh, okay. And I'm so glad you got that um, Instagram imposter taken care of. <laughs> yeah. And I will definitely um, have your Facebook link in the show notes. So just send me that link because I have your Endless Stages link. And I also have your michaelbharris.com link. plus the link for your book. So audience, you just heard Michael Harris here on Gems Podcast. We shared a lot of valuable information and I want to challenge you to share your story because you never know how your story can impact, shape, and change somebody else's life. Be bold, be courageous, and remember that it's personal to you. It's your story, but you didn't go through it for yourself. You went through it so you could help somebody else. So I want to thank each one of you for tuning in on a consistent basis. Because of you, we are now ranked in the top two and a half percent out of 2.8 million podcasts per www.listennotes.com. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. We're on 40 plus platforms. And you could also find all things video by heading on over to YouTube and typing in at Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. Until next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day. Thank you for listening to another segment of Gems Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to Gems Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at gems, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services, to be here on Gems Podcast.